0: I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew 28. We are in a short series that we entitled Go in Matthew 28. And we'll be looking at verses 18 to 20 again this morning as we consider our going. As we consider our going. If you were here last week, we made hopefully clear the responsibility that we have as followers of Jesus Christ to go. Go. Uh, Just by way of illustration, we we talked about how many Christians, many followers of Christ are very content in their faith. And if you miss that, uh, you may be in this spot where you are a follower of Jesus, you belong to him, but as it relates to the whole work of God, going and telling others about Christ, this is kind of what your life looks like. Some of us might be laying down, covered up, comfortable, sleeping, and there is a call on the part of our Savior Jesus to go. And so that was the challenge last week that we would actually get going. In our faith, in our walk with Christ, and and many of you made commitments to do that last week, and we appreciate that, and we hope that there's a follow-through on your part of going and telling others about Christ. But uh, as we consider that, I want us to, again, just remember these three points from last week out of the passage. First, let's look at the passage. Matthew 28, 18 to 20, Jesus is speaking and said to them, all authority in heaven... And on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Last week we looked at the reality that the one with all authority has called us to go, the one with all authority has equipped us. go, And the one with all authority goes with us as we go. So knowing that, understanding that, it's time for you and I as followers of Christ Jesus to get going. To get going in our faith. To get going with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so as we begin this morning, I, I would ask the question, and you can consider this right at your seats, in your own heart, in your own mind, only you and the Lord know the answer to this question. Did you have opportunity this week to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with anyone? And did you take that opportunity to share? All of us had opportunity this week to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with someone, but did we take that opportunity? Do we truly see ourselves as going with the gospel, now this morning we're somewhat coming at the message with a an assumption that you and I, as believers in Christ, are committed to that call to go. And so, I want you to consider this morning as you are going dot dot dot. And so, there's an assumption here. There's an assumption that if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. If you belong to Jesus and you've heard the command of Christ, the call of Christ to go, that there is an obedient willfulness on your part as a child of God to go with the message of the gospel, to go and serve Jesus. And if that's not the case, if we're here today and we're saying, no, I'm not obeying that, I'm not going and telling, I'm not taking the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout my life to individuals, then we would be walking in disobedience. It's disobedience to the Lord. It's disobedience to the command of God. And and sometimes I think we we can really sugarcoat that. You're not sharing the gospel. My not sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ is disobedience to the command given to us by Christ. And so I want there to be an assumption this morning that we're going. So as we are going, let me just remind us of three things that I think will be important as we are going in our walk with Christ and with the gospel of Jesus Christ. As you are going, first of all, remember that our God sends. Say that with me. Our God sends. Now, this is important. And and last week, we looked at the call that the one with all authority has called us to go. And, And that's important. That's valuable because... There's a responsibility on our part, but here's where I wanna take this next next step, right? As you're going, remember that as you're going, not only have you been called by the one with all authority to go, but you have been sent by the one with all authority to go. Our God sends us. That's pretty important, that's pretty amazing. Because can you imagine if we're all seated here on Sunday morning in church, week after week after week, and we hear the Word of God taught, the Word of God preached, we read the Word of God, and we leave from here and go into our daily lives, and nothing changes for us. Nothing changes in our week. Nothing changes in our attitudes, our responsibilities. Nothing changes in the motivations of our hearts. What have we really come, and, and what really have, has been accomplished? And yet isn't it true that sometimes we can be so guilty of coming week after week after week and hearing God's word taught and we leave from here and at 12.01 we're off to lunch and it is completely out of sight and out of mind what we just heard because we have the rest of the week to live now. It's not what God wants from us. God wants us to be obedient children. And we have to be reminded as we're going that we are sent by God. Our God is the one who has sent us. When Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, go, therefore, and make disciples. I want you to to see and notice with me a couple different words here in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Jesus says, go, and he says, make disciples, baptizing them, teaching them our God has sent us with a specific purpose and plan in mind. You have been sent by God as a child of God to do the work that God has called you to do. You know how much different it would be for us? Would it be different for us if when we came here on a Sunday morning, Jesus shows up on this very stage behind this pulpit, and he says, here's what I'm doing. I am sending you. Go, therefore, and tell about me. Many of us wouldn't be able to contain our enthusiasm, our excitement, our joy. We would want to go and tell everyone because Jesus is the one who is sending us. And do we realize that is what he's doing here in the word of God. He is sending our God sends. And that's so valuable and it's so important for us to understand with intent and with purpose. Make disciples of all nations. Again, this speaks about the authority of Of Christ, the authority our God has over heaven and earth, all nations, baptizing them. There's life change that takes place there, teaching them to observe. There's obedience that's going to be commanded and demonstrated. Our God sends. Have you ever needed a recommendation for something or needed something to be done and you didn't know who to go to to get it done? If you've ever been in that spot before on on social media, there's a lot of times people will ask for recommendations. And so if someone needs something done or someone needs to figure something out, they'll ask for recommendations from friends. Well, I have a friend, good friend uh, from the church, much, much, much older gentleman than me, and uh, he's a a resource guy. (laughs) Whenever I ask a question, he'll be like, I got a guy, okay? He tells me, I got a guy. and. And he'll tell me when he goes to talk to whoever, he'll say, say, I sent you. Say, I sent you. And so I go and, and I'll, I'll call the person or I'll show up with the person. I'll be like, hey, you know, so-and-so sent me to you. And their demeanor changes. And whereas they might not have really like cared, when I tell them so-and-so sent me like, oh yeah, how's he doing? Like then they'll tell me some things about the person and everything else and we'll have, but there's like some kind of authority, respect That is given when the right person sends you and you tell them that they sent you. Something goes with that. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Do we realize that when we go to tell others about Christ, it is our God who sends? Do you realize the, the authority and the comfort, the power that goes with that? That we have been sent by God. Now listen... The world does not understand this. They might think you're a little bit crazy. If if you go to someone and say, hey, I want to share with you about Jesus because God has sent me to you. People might think, like, this person's crazy. But isn't that the reality? That when you and I go to tell others about Christ, we should go with the confidence and the courage and the expectation That we've been sent by God to share this message? To share the message of the gospel? And and if God is the one who has sent us, what do we really need to fear? What do we really need to be worried about? Nothing. Because the one who has all authority and power is the one who has sent. He has very specific purposes in mind. Go make disciples, baptize them, teaching them. God's not sending blindly or without a specific plan or purpose. This is true in the Father sending Christ to the world as well, wasn't it? In 1 John 4, 13 to 15. It says, By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he's given us of his spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. There was a serious problem that exists in this world. It's the problem of sin. The wrath of God abides upon those that are rejecting Christ, lost in their sin, and there is an answer for that problem. It is Jesus. John speaks about testifying that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world with specific intent and purpose. A huge problem existed, and God sent the remedy. God sent his Son as a sacrifice for our sins. Just as God has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world, we have been sent with that same message, the message of the gospel to tell others about the remedy for their sin problem, for the remedy for our sin problem. Isn't this incredible? Have you ever heard someone give a first-hand testimony or review of something that they've done? And, And, you know, if you ever... Are looking at a company that you're going to hire or you're thinking about going to a hotel or you're thinking about going to a restaurant, you might read reviews. You might read from people that have been there. And, and the ones that mean the most to me are the most recent reviews. Because you might have a restaurant that had reviews from four or five years ago. And they're like, man, place is incredible. It was brand new. Everybody was attentive. And, and then you, you read some of the newer reviews and like, this place has gone downhill. Like, and you read You read their more recent reviews, and so there's a little bit more credibility there. Here's what's incredible. Listen to this. Every single person that God is calling and sending to proclaim the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is someone who has been transformed by the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you realize that? Do you realize that God is sending you and I not as those that are oblivious to what has taken place in our lives, but as those that have firsthand experience of the life change that comes from the gospel? If you're here today, has the gospel changed your life? Say yes. Yes, yes it has. Do you believe others need to hear that? Say yes. Yes, yes they do. And isn't it magnificent and amazing that God calls you and I, who have first been transformed by the gospel, to tell others about that transformation? We go with firsthand experience. God sends us. But how amazing that before sending, he's first transformed us. He's made us alive in Christ. If you're sitting here today and you know Christ as your Savior, you are fully able and qualified to go and tell the message of the gospel that has transformed your life. God sends us. He's called us and he has sent us as those that have first been transformed. There is a huge need, folks. There's a huge need in this world. There is an uh, an amazing need that's present all around the world. And I'm not talking about the need for physical food, although it exists because of hunger. I'm not talking about the need for clean water, which exists all around the world. I'm not talking about the need for peace or for clothing or for whatever you can name in this life. There is a spiritual need every person has in this world. And the only answer for that need is Christ. And you and I know him if he's our savior. And we know what he's capable of doing and what he will do. It seems like more recently there's been a lot of natural disasters happening in our world. And even in the United States with tornadoes and hurricanes. Across the globe with tsunamis, earthquakes. All kinds of needs that are present. And and we work with a couple different organizations That when there's a natural disaster that strikes, uh, there are a couple organizations that immediately go uh, mobilized into meeting needs. God's Pit Crew is one of them. We've taken mission trips with them. Some of you have served with God's Pit Crew. That they go down south when there's tornadoes that have hit or flooding or if there are uh, hurricanes. And they'll go down and they just are meeting practical needs. They're building homes for people. They're providing uh, basic needs for people and they get mobilized to meet that need. World Help is another organization that we've partnered with around the world, and we partnered with them with needs that were present in Iraq. If you remember with some of the Iraqi mobile units, the medical units that we partnered with them when there were major needs coming out of of Iraq, and we've partnered with World Help in other parts of the world, Village Transformations, to be able to provide clean drinking water and build churches. There are organizations that are on the ready to be mobilized to meet the very practical, physical needs that are present. And these organizations also want to meet spiritual needs, but they're mobilized in meeting those needs because of disaster that that strikes. Do you realize, church, that the church is God's plan for reaching the needs that are present all around the world because of the coming disaster upon them? We are the ones that God has planned and is sending to meet the spiritual needs that are present in this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our God sends. In Romans ten thirteen to 15, it says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Are you thankful for that this morning? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him in whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? How are they to preach unless they are sent? It is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Our God sends Our God sends. Aren't you thankful someone was sent to tell you? Aren't you thankful that someone was obedient in this calling to go and tell so that you were able to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ? If you're truly a follower of Christ, every one of us has a testimony. We can all share about that moment in time that our eyes were open to the truth of the gospel, who it was that shared it with us, how it is we came to know Christ because our God sends Secondly, as we're going, not only remember our God sends, but our God sustains. Last week, we spoke about the fact that Jesus calls us to go and he equips us to go. This morning, I want you to be reminded that as you're going, he will sustain you as you go. Again, look at the passage, Matthew 28. It says, Jesus came and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. The one with all authority and power is the one who has sent us. He's also the one who sustains us. The last part of the verse, I am with you always. Christ with us. He's with us. I remember when I went away to college as a college freshman, it was pretty intimidating. I had never lived away from home and away from my parents. And it was pretty intimidating. And I remember getting dropped off at the dorm and getting all my stuff unloaded. And I am not looking forward to that as a dad with my kids that if, if the Lord would have them to go away to school somewhere and I'd have to, to leave them there, I am not looking forward to that. But I remember as my parents were leaving and, and as they're driving away, like everything within me was like kind of like I have no idea what I'm supposed to do now. It was an intimidating thing. I didn't know anybody there. And I didn't know what to do or what came next. Had no idea. I had no idea what I was supposed to do. I felt like I was just completely left there and I just had to figure everything out. And I did. But here's the amazing thing about our God. There is never a point in time in your relationship with Christ where that is ever a valid feeling. That you have just been left completely on your own to figure it out. Our God as we go fully sustains us. Jesus said, I am with you when? Always. I am with you Always, there's never a moment in time as you're going that it is a valid thought or valid feeling that you are left alone without him. He will not only fully equip, but fully sustain as you go and as I go. That is the promise of our God. Deuteronomy 31, the Lord calls upon Moses, and Moses calls upon Joshua as it relates to the work of the Lord. He says, be strong and courageous, do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with his people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you. Do you realize as a child of God today with certainty from the words of Christ and from the understanding that God gives us through his spirit, that it is the Lord who goes before us, will be with us, who will not leave us, who will not forsake us, who will sustain us as we go. There's tremendous courage and confidence that comes in knowing that God fully sustains us as we go. We are sent out, not only sent out fully equipped, but we will remain fully sustained as we're going. Fully sustained as we're going. The power of God, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, lives within us and goes with us. Isn't that incredible to consider this morning? Uh, Have you ever been to Green Family Fun Zone? It's a great place to go with Putt-Putt, and they have go-karts. And uh, just a great time if you go there, and they have good ice cream too. Um, they have a cappuccino ice cream that's really good. I'd recommend that. And uh, if you've ever been to Green Family Fun Zone, though, and you've ever ridden their, their go-karts, they give you a booster on your go-kart, not a booster seat, okay? It's a booster <laughs> that if, you, if you're driving and you need to pick up speed, you either have two or three boosters that you can hit a button and it will increase your speed as you go. And, and it's really interesting because you have to have some strategy as you're as you're racing other people and so if you use all of your boosters up right at the beginning chances are towards the end as you're finalizing if someone saved their boosters they can hit their booster shots and just go flying right by you at the end so you have to strategize about it and i know some people don't take it that serious but when i, I want to win if i'm gonna if i'm gonna do it why do it if i'm not gonna win and so you want to strategize and how you use that because there are certain times that are ideal where you can hit that booster and if you waste them all up front when you go to use it towards the end you have nothing left And you feel like you're not even moving as people are flying by you (laughs) as they're going. And you're like, ah, you know, because you've wasted it all. Friends, listen to me. Listen to me. You cannot fully use up all of the power that is available to you every single day as you go in the name of Christ. There's never a time as a follower of Jesus that the sustaining power and hand and blessing of God is not behind you. There's never a time as a Christian that you would be calling upon the power of God that you're hitting the button but nothing's happening. Our God rules, reigns, has all authority and power. He sends us and he fully sustains us as we go. Don't worry about running out of power. God's got plenty of it, and he sustains you as you go. As you're going, be encouraged, church. Our God has sent you, and our God will fully sustain you. We have no diminishing of our resources in Christ. In Romans 8, 31 and 32, Paul said, What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Let's just pause there. You know the encouragement that is just to think of that question? If God is for you, who can be against you? If the one with all authority and power is for you, who could be against you? If our God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Man, if we would just get this. If we would let that process through our hearts and our minds instead of the doubts and fears that so often come. In Hebrews 13, the writer of Hebrews said this. May the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with every good that you may do his will. Working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Isn't this an incredible prayer that the writer of Hebrews prays for the believer in Christ here? He says, may the Lord Jesus, may the God of peace who brought again from the dead the Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with every good that you may do his will. That's an incredible prayer, isn't it? And what an incredible promise we have from God, that he fully equips and will fully sustain us as we go. And notice what he says here, to do his will. Too often I think our hearts and attitudes and desires is that the Lord would fully equip us to do our will. Isn't that why we sometimes have a lack of contentment? Isn't that why sometimes we find ourselves complaining? That's sometimes why we find ourselves uh, with, you know, zero contentment and joy because we're still waiting on God to equip us to do our will. It's not what it says here. He will fully equip us to do His will. His will. Our God sends. Our God sustains. Remember that as we go. And then finally, and I love this. Our God saves. Amen. Would you say that with me? Our God saves. Our God sends. Our God equips and our God saves. Again, look at the passage in Matthew 28. He says to go in town. He says to make disciples of all nations. You know what a disciple is? A disciple is someone who follows after another. You know what there's a given in this passage? Is that there's going to be disciples of all nations. Isn't that incredible? He says, go and make disciples of all nations. It's going to happen, and it is happening. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You know what that tells me? They're being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That disciples of all nations are identifying as followers of Christ that are believing in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that they belong to Him. This is our God saving. This is our God doing what our God does to observe all that I've commanded you. Teach them to observe all that I commanded you. You know what that means? That there are obedient followers of Jesus being produced here. That's what our God does. Our God saves. He saves. And he continues to save. We should have confidence in that Romans 10 9 to 13, the Apostle Paul said, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Do you believe that today, church? Do you believe today that if anyone confesses with their mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in their heart that God raised Him from the dead, they'll be saved? Do we believe that today? Are we telling people that today? All who call upon the name of the Lord will with certainty, there's no doubt about it, be saved. Our God saves. Our God does what we cannot do. He saves souls. We must understand our role in God's plan, and we have to understand that there are only things that God himself can do. He sends, we go. He sustains, we go. He saves, we Go. If you ever watched a basketball game or watched people playing a basketball game, there's an awkward moment sometimes that happens in a basketball game where someone will shoot the ball and it gets stuck and lodged between the rim and the backboard. Have you ever seen that happen before? You're shooting it and it gets like stuck right between the rim and the backboard. And, And if you're ever playing basketball with me and you're on the court, when that happens, and you look around the court, the young guys that are on the court all want to try to jump up and hit the ball out of there. Um, I don't know if they think magically they're just going to be able to hit, you know, touch the rim now. they never be able to do it before, but when that ball gets stuck, like, everybody, like the younger guys, they all want to jump up and try to dislodge the ball. The older guys that are taller that maybe know how to do that, they're tired of like, let someone else do it. I don't want to waste my energy jumping if I don't have to jump. And if you're looking at me, I got nothing. No one's looking at me... There's never a time when that happens that people are like, where's Bruce? How Bruce get the ball? No one has that expectation. No one's watching with anticipation to see if I will hit that ball loose. And I'm there, and I'm just like this, like taking a breath, but like, nope, I got nothing. I'm not going to help you out in any way. I'm of zero help to you. Listen, here's why I share this. That's not my role. I'm not equipped to do that. And listen to me. As it relates to the salvation of souls, no one in heaven is watching you to see if you're going to save anybody. No one in heaven has expectation that you're going to save a single soul in this world because you can't do it and I can't do it. There's no expectation of that on you. There's no expectation that you have the ability to save souls because that's not your job. That's not my job. We've not been equipped to do that. Listen to me this morning. There are zero eyes in heaven watching you, expecting you to save anybody. You can't do it. I can't do it. That's God's job. Our God saves, and he's great at that, and I love it. We can go and tell. We can go and obey. We can live lives for the glory of Christ. We can speak the name of Jesus and the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can love the Lord our God and our neighbor as ourselves. All of these things in the power and strength that God gives, we can do. But only our God. Listen to me this morning. Because if you're discouraged, you think, I can't do it. I can't go. I can't tell. I can't save anyone. You're right. You can't on your own. But in the power that God gives, you can And I want you to listen to this this morning, only our God and only the true living God, not the false gods that so many people are worshiping today, but the one true living holy God, only he can take what is dead and make it alive. Only our God can give sight to those who are spiritually blind and only our God can set free those who are imprisoned in their sin and only our God can convict and cleanse the sinner. Our God gives freedom. Our God gives sight, he gives light, he convicts, he cleanses, he secures, he sustains, he leads, he directs. Our God fulfills his promises, and our God is forever faithful. He's eternally victorious. He always wins. He always sets the prisoner free and brings the wanderer home. He sets the captive free. Our God alone saves. Our God saves. That's the promise of God. And so as you and I are going, remember that our God is the one who has sent us. He is the one who will sustain us. And praise our heavenly Father. Praise our God that he saves. And it's not up to us. Because if it was up to us, we're going to mess it up. But he does it perfectly well. (laughs) Perfectly well. I want you to listen to these words in Romans chapter 8. What encouraging words that Paul the Apostle writes in Romans 8, verses 7 to 11. He says, The mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. That's what we produce, the flesh, our sin. And we cannot please him. But look at what God does. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, this is every single one of you here as a follower of Jesus Christ. If Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Do you realize today, church, that if the same spirit who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit? Do you realize what God tells us in this passage? That there is life found in Jesus And if you know Christ as your Savior, you have that life, but there are many others who need to hear that message of the gospel so they too may have life. And God has called and sent you and I to tell them about it. I know we're just a little over right now, but we're still going to close with this concluding song that speaks about Christ being worthy. He's worthy of his name. He's worthy. It's Christ that goes with us, who sustains us, who fills us, who provides for us. It's our God who has sent us. It's our God who saves. And this morning, I I don't want to let us leave without expressing a heart of commitment to the Lord. If you're here today and you would say, man, as I'm going, I want God to truly sustain me. I want to know and live the reality that he has sent me. And I want to speak Christ I want to know not only the fellowship that I have with Christ in joy, but the fellowship of his sufferings. I want to serve him and make him known. And you can make that commitment as you stand now. You can stand up right at your seats. Go ahead, everybody stand up. You can make a commitment to the Lord as we conclude in singing where you're at. You can make that commitment to the Lord to go, and as you go, go with the boldness that Christ gives by coming forward and standing at the front or kneeling at the front as a commitment to him. But commit yourself today to going, to telling, and doing it through the power and strength that Christ alone can give us.